Hello guys, hope you're well. Um, sorry for the lack of audio love. Um, I've got two episodes up on YouTube as of time of talking um, that aren't up on Spotify. I've just noticed that I do that weird tut. Shout out to Jack Makes Happy Hour for making me super self-aware. Um, <laughs> that was false. Um, so yeah, oh my fucking God. So, <laughs> enjoy the episodes. Ollie from Wild Hair has been chefing for 18 years, not 11 years, so please ignore that. Oh, I'm super self-aware now. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, enjoy the episodes. We've got one with me and John from the Isolation Booth podcast talking about Andrew Tate and all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, cost of living, going absolutely mad. Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, not wanting to take photos Pantera reunion Opinions on that and all that sort of stuff Living to 150 as well uh, And we've also got Smiley Dave Up That will probably come up on Saturday If you're listening to this on Saturday Hello If you're not, hello um, So yeah, that's what's going on in the world of Bedlam um, These episodes are both up on YouTube And I'm about to hit I think it's 80 subscribers Which is quite cool so we're starting to get back on the uh, track of YouTube and uh, this one's kind of flipped on its head. But yeah, Smiley Dave, absolute legend. Uh, John, absolute legend as well. Just can't thank him enough for everything he's done to me lately. Everything he's done for me, rather, that sounded weird. Um, so yeah, awesome. Enjoy the episodes. And uh, this will go on both of the episodes as just a front bit because I still haven't done the Wild Hair re- re-add. So um, yeah, nice one. I'll speak to you all soon. Keep it better than keep it real. And yeah, enjoy. Absolute better. Absolute better. Absolute better. Talking about topics and stuff. Absolute better. Absolute better. Absolute better than podcast. Who? What? Where? Why? Hello and welcome to Absolute Better Than Podcast, a bonus edition episode. Recording two in one week, as seems to be normal these days. Um, Video and audio this one, so that's fun. Um, Recording with John in the physical world, my editor, my commander-in-chief, and soon to be my housemate for a couple of days. So there's quite a few things going on in my personal life, which I won't get into too much, because... It'll be a fucking four and a half hour podcast and only Joe Rogan can seem to hold those up. Um, So I'm moving in with John for a bit and then I'm actually moving back in with my parents to save a shitload of money and actually take life by the horns and get a bit of financial freedom. Ben will never be Bonita until he does this. That's that's what it takes nowadays, people, if you are struggling. Don't get into that perpetual dead rent cycle that we're all in. Um, So yeah, I hope everyone's good. And John is with me. And uh, yeah, shout out John. Thank you very much, Ben. Uh, you know, like I said to you earlier on, you know, we don't just supply video editing, you know, services here. Mm. We supply homes, homeless podcasters. No, mm. I made that joke before, but I'm going to make it again. Fuck off, all of you. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't want no Joe Rogan's knocking my door asking for a band. Fuck you, Joe Rogan. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I don't want any impulsive people knocking the door. Nice. Um, don't power over that. Uh, nice. But no, it's, it's great to be back on with you, dude. Yeah. Um, live from my house. Mm. Um, always good to chat. Always good to catch up. Yeah, man. You've got some shit going on, but um, yep. You know, 
life continues. Yep. Well, life for us continues. Yep. Things unlike, pass. unlike the breaking news I'm about to hit the world with. Oh yeah, yeah. Here we go. Buckle up. Don't have to console me when he walked through the door today. Yeah. It was an emotional roller coaster. It was an emotional wreck. And I could barely see through the tears. You might even say I was colour blind as a result of the pain that I was feeling. I thought I was good, but yeah, that, that basically, most of you won't give a fuck, but Darius Dinesh from Pop Stars, which was the first of those reality TV shows before Pop Idol, before X Factor, before Simon Cowell and his massive trousers, is dead. He is no more at 41, which is no fucking age, really. And actually, he surprised him was pretty good, but um, for all of the, you know, comedy, pop music bullshit, but mm. Darius is no more. How old are you? 31. That's what's depressed about it. So I'm 33 next month, and that's not old. 41 is not old. No. See, if you asked me a couple of years ago, I would have felt like I was old, but not anymore. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. 41 is fucking not old, man. And what's depressing is he had a music career, was in the charts, made loads of money, disappeared, did like Broadway shit, and now he's dead. Yeah. He's only 10 years older than me, and I've done fucking nothing with my life apart from sell some albums to Belgian people who apparently liked obscure music that no one ever heard of it's all I've ever done well I had children obviously that's something good to do with your life I'm not going to downplay my babies but you know, yeah. career wise I know what you mean I think it might actually be a joke of a human being yeah yeah to get on number one hit and to create a song that you know everything else kind of fell by the wayside as far as I'm concerned because I forgot he existed mm. but to hit that peak that early on and to have that accolade and then to disappear into the darkness is a bit Sad, isn't it? It is. I very nearly gave you some shit then. I was going to say, fucking hell, Ben. At least I've researched our topics at a lot of points of conversation. But then, to be fair, you couldn't research this because I threw it on you as you walked through the door. Yeah. That's the only reason I knew who was doing like, West End musicals this year. I researched yeah, it at yeah. Darius. Nice. I needed to fill that emotional void in my life. Mm. Well, fuck you, Darius. We're moving on to the next conversation. Yeah, yeah. You're not that important. We're not going to give you more than two minutes, you can't. Just, um, just on life, though, and age... Apparently, we're in the generation now where people are going to live to 150 years old. So 41 really isn't old. It's not. Like, medicine and, like, you know, just healthcare in general has now advanced to such a point where we can elongate our lives by 50% longer. It's all obviously experimental. But what what I find really weird about that is that... Our civilization made people live for less time anyway. Mm. You know, obviously, you go back to before the, the pre-industrial periods and well, the, the pre um, the pre steel age, iron age. Mm. You go back to you know before Victorian times and Tudor times, what have you. Loads of people lived into the hundreds, especially in like, the Mediterranean areas and um, you know sub-Saharan areas. Loads of people lived well into their their eighties by having you know healthier different types of diet. Yeah, it's only been um, Western European countries and Australasian companies that didn't because they eat shit constantly and have mm. done forever. And there hasn't been a high sort of um, oil or vegetable count in diets. Yeah, like Italians always lived quite long because they have a high, quite a high olive count, olive mm. oil count. But it's trans fats fucking kills mm. the Western Western age. But I tell you what, I'll friends yeah. at you. How do you feel about living to one hundred and fifty? What's your, what's your personal opinion? If you were to live to 150, how would you feel about that? So I think a lot of people, when they get to like 80, 90, they're like, well, what the fuck's left? And a lot of people have said, like, I'm quite happy to die at that age. Like, I've done a lot of shit at that age.
but now the narrative seems to be I want to die completely spent. I want to be a complete husk. So I want to throw everything at life and I want to die completely like without any more further potential. So 150 is just an insane age to get to. Um, I don't really know what I think about it because it is very early days and I'm sure you know in a couple of years if people want to dig this up it might actually happen so it's not really a hypothetical experiment anymore it's actually a proof of concept but I don't know to answer your question it's a bit strange personally fuck that if life right, I can honestly say right if his life is, is equally as challenging and difficult yeah. and continues on the path that is thrown at me for the last 31 years yeah Fuck Liberty 150. I'll be fucking just an emotional husk of a yeah. human being. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be quite happy with 60 and out at this stage with the way things have been. Life is a fucking piece of shit sometimes. Don't wrong. I'm pleased to be living. Yeah. Don't want to kill myself. I'm not depressed or any bollocks like that. Yeah. It's just, just living is ridiculous now. Mm-hmm. We live well. I can't speak for other nations, obviously, but we live in a country, live in a world, and a society now, where. The next closest first world nation, France, had energy prices go up by 4%. Our energy prices will have gone up by 189% in the space of 12 months by the time we get to January. That's fucking insanity. Yeah. And I don't want to live... Uh, this sounds like yeah, I'm suicidal, yeah. I'm not. No. I don't particularly want to live in a world. I don't want my kids to have to live in a world, really. That's fucking like this shit. It's ridiculous. I think COVID's made everyone realise how fragile our existence is. And it only takes like people to take home less than like two three hundred pound less to really be fucked like the amount of people no, no matter who you are no matter what fucking job title you have no matter what position you are in any company if you go to asda and you spend 60 pound a week on shopping and then suddenly one day you go to asda and spend 90 pound on shopping that's a 50 percent increase in your <coughs> well, yeah. weekly shop i think you'll be looking at it in contrast as well mm. there's a certain denomination of people who spend 60 pound a week to shop but they've obviously got different tiers of product. Yeah. So for like our level, yeah, like you might spend that kind of money and see that fifty percent increase. But if you're someone who's say um, upper middle class or going into upper class, and you're spending three times that amount, four times that amount in some cases, you take four hundred pound shop and turns into six seven hundred pound shop. That's fucking massive. Yeah. It's a massive jump up, and it is just getting ridiculous. Obviously, some people have the means and funds that they can you know live with it and it not be a major problem. Yeah. But we are not those people. Because no. like I said to you the other week, I used to shop at Tesco's quite regularly for my weekly shop. Mm. And I went into uh, the Audi mm. in Palm Port. We obviously could go past it. Mm. And um, I got what I would normally spend £120 on Tesco's. So I got for £67 an Audi. Yeah. So it just goes to show, if you just fucking drop your tribal bullshit mm. loyalties to the things you're used to and the brands you're used mm. to, and just have a look round at what's available, yeah. you can get through it guys so you know, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just be fucking frugal be sensible and you yeah. know people yeah. say about oh, get up the fags and get up the booze and stuff like this to make it easier to live that is one thing you could do yeah. or you could just you know, not buy massive multi-packs of crisps and sweets and shit that your kids don't really necessarily need I mean, they kids going to actually things. fill your bellies exactly like, I, mean, I get snacky temporary. things for my kids yeah. most of the time it's biscuits they're not chocolate yeah. biscuits they're actual biscuits at least there's some kind of fibre quality to that so they get snacky stuff in, but it's like, mm. I don't really want to encourage that. I'd rather meet fruit. I'd rather not fucking ballooning weight. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And batch cooking as well. It's yeah. always been a life hack. 
but now more than ever it, it really is it's not even a life hack anymore it's more of a best um, practice but it's fucking that shit don't yeah. you find it fucking hilarious that people think that it's a new thing or you're yeah. amazed by it mm. when you know fucking two three generations ago our great grandparents our grandparents this is how they fucking acted yeah you know, I remember when I was a kid, my my mum's always done it. My mum used to fucking you know cook loads of like of free stuff up that she didn't use, free uh, you know leftovers up for to be used again. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. nan, my nan did it. My great grandma did it. You know, you just you fucking portion off and use it again. Yeah. You're conservative. You don't waste anything. Yeah. Problem is, we it's not so much our generation. Well, it is our generation. Our generation and generation directly before it. Certainly, generation after. Mm. We're just so fucking frivolous. Yes. Everything can be thrown away. Everything's convenient. Exactly. Everything yeah. about convenience, about pace, about throwing shit away when it's not when it's not when it's run its course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing is sacred anymore. No, I mean, and what what makes it worse is it's, it's just a telltale about society. This is going to be a great segue into our first mm. major topic point. Uh, just felt didn't realize I was even going. This yeah, way. yeah, this it's good, be. isn't it? It's podcast stuff. It's, it's oh man, <laughs> this, this podcasting game. But, but it's how we've gone from disposable phones, disposable computers, disposable electronics, disposable clothes. Now onto disposable people. Yeah, is everything is what what is new and exciting and big in the moment and flashing the pan kind of approaches. You know, well, I remember what you probably remember. Say, I think when we were kids, you fucking ripped a pair of jeans. You didn't go out and fucking spend another 20, 30, 40 quid on a pair of Levi's when you're a fucking kid. Mm-hmm. You stitched that shit up. Yeah. If it's if it's fixable, yeah, workable, you do it. My daughter's got a pair of jeggings. There's Hulk, a couple of little holes in it. I stitched them motherfuckers up because mm. I'm not going to waste another ten pound on a pair of jeggings when mm. I don't need to because it's a frivolous waste of money. Well, as soon as you give kids new clothes as well, there's that risk of, you know, sliding on their knees at a birthday party and ruining the brand new pair of jeans that you yeah. bought them. So, getting them to realise that you know, there's going to be a long period of time between that pair of clothes and the next pair of clothes. I think it's a it's an understanding of value thing as well. I mean, I yeah. see a lot of people on the internet talking about the value of money, yeah. um, education, what you learn in education. But I think it's not so much about the value of money that kids need to be more conscientious about. It's more a case of the value of of, of value of quality and value of life. Mm. So I will, I've always said the same thing. I'd much rather spend my money on experiences than things. Mm. I've got some, I've got nice things. Don't get me wrong, but I would rather spend my money on experiences. But in the same breath. I know what things are worth because well, you, same as you, we've grown up in a generation, the last generation, the only generation that's experienced every single side of the coin firsthand. Yeah. So we know what it was like when it was four terrestrial channels. Yeah. When Sky wasn't a big thing. The you know, when the internet was brand new, when computers were only really becoming a big, big thing mainstream in like businesses and you know, mm. schools. Mm. You know, phones going through every possible cycle. Yeah. It's just fucking lunacy, dude. I mean, it's yeah. interesting that you mentioned phones. I was reading an article earlier from the 50s in America, and they were talking about phones with television screens in them and phones where you could text an IM and mm. you know, phones you could take in your pocket when you know, it were being trialled and tested, but we were one off in the distance. When corded phones were like the newest level of advance to the mass pop- populace. Yeah. And it just goes back to the idea, doesn't it? How much technology is there that's already pre prepared that we're going to get over the next 50 or 60 oh, years? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a roadmap already set up. Of course. The sky, yeah, absolutely. It's like with the fucking electric car bullshit mm. and emissions. People don't realise, the government know what they're fucking doing. As much as, you know, I'm, I'm, I would never say global warming isn't real, because it mm. is. But it's not as much of a 
catastrophe as people are making out because the fact they're saying it's a catastrophe now means that they've been planning for this for a good 30 or 40 years. They know exactly yeah. what they've been doing on trajectory. Hence why we had the COVID lockdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Because that wasn't that that wasn't designed to stop us fucking all getting it or anything like that. You know, we, we always it was just gonna happen as it happens. You can't fight fate. But it was designed to reduce emissions. Yeah. If you look at it, I mean I don't know if anyone remembers it, I think I just had this the last time we got together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I remember the sky looking so clear, clear. The air smelling so fresh, and the grass being quite so fucking green as during that period of time when no one was allowed to drive anywhere, or seldom drive anywhere. Yeah, I know what you mean. If it was a social experiment, it um, was. I think yeah. they wanted to see how much the impact would be before they put, you know, change everything over to electric vehicles where there wouldn't be any of those emissions. Problem is, what people don't realise is they're digging up the fucking ground for lithium to make these batteries, and yeah, it's, yeah. Doing, it's doing four times the damage that the fucking carbon emissions are anyway. Yeah. Lunacy. So, do you know? When people go out to recce, or recce, whatever it's called, the wind turbines, yeah. those massive white things that we see everywhere. So they take boats out to the sea to put a fuck-off concrete block in the middle of the sea, and they put, like, 12 wind turbines up. Guess what boat goes out to do that and recce it? A diesel-powered boat. It's hypocrisy, or whatever the word is. Hypocritical. Yeah. Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, that's the word, yeah. Hip-hopocrisy, apparently. Hip- <laughs> that's a new genre of music. You know Rob Schneider <laughs> in um, Big Daddy? You've seen that film where Adam yeah. Sanders, the um, yeah. I guess, kid. Hip-hop, hip-hopopotamus. He can do easy ones. What's your favourite animal? Hip-hopocrisy. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I like the little lisp you put at the end of that as well. You're such a cunt. <laughs> such a cunt. Alienated the, the, the special needs element of your audience, Ben. Right, we've segued off a little bit. Andrew Tate. Well, this is where I was going to come Tate. in with it. Because Andrew Tate's obviously made some comments about um, energy. Everything. And everything. He's made a comment on everything. You cannot fucking move for this man no. at the moment. He is, because it, I think it's because he's talking about everything. Yes. I, I actually, I'm not going to go out and say this, and I, I'm a pretty modern man. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in equal um, opportunity of yeah. outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thank you, Jordan Peterson. Uh, opportunity of outcome and equal rights to an extent in in their brackets and I'm a firm lover of ladies but there's no doubt about that but actually yeah I think the reason Andrew Tate's getting everywhere as much as he fucks people off certainly left wing people off a lot and I'm, I'm far from right wing but I'm, I'm a centrist he makes a very fucking valid points he's very very polarising and controversial with yeah. what he says but he seems to have real conviction in his assertive confrontational style the way he puts things forward. It kind of reminds me, mm. in some respects, a lot more aggressively. It does remind me of the way Joe Rogan approaches topics about being really masculine and manly and manly mm. kind of based topics. And I don't give a fuck. I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. Do what yeah, I want to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. It's that same kind of approach. And I think he's tapping into that kind of audience segment of like like the Joe Joe Rogan audience, yeah. where they love Joe because he just doesn't give a fuck. Mm. You know who we are. He's going to do whatever he wants on his show because it's his fucking show. I think the difference between Joe Rogan and Andrew Tate is Joe Rogan is genuinely curious. And he'll get scientists on, he'll get um, neurologists on, he'll get inventors on, yeah. and he'll ask them what they're doing, why they're doing it, which is really important, and what the outcome could be for the world. Whereas Andrew Tate seems to attack everything with like an aggression and a two-pronged sort of... He, he's poking his sword at it rather than trying to get it into the house, if that makes sense. Do you think that's a persona he's taken on? Because obviously... 
what, what some people might yeah. not know about Andrew Tate is Andrew Tate is a four-time world kickboxing champion. The guy is fucking rock. He's hard as fuck. Mm. Um, and he, he was a fucking shit-hot kickboxer as well. But do you think it's a persona he's taken from that? You know, a lot of fighters um, in professional sports, professional world combat sports, build these personas, don't they? You think about the Conor McGregor's, um, you know, the fucking Paddy Pimblitz, the yeah. Nate Diaz's, um, the Rampage Jacksons. These people, they fucking build up these personas of like, who they are. Yeah. It is, it is kind of them, yeah. but it's them dialed up to a thousand. And they just drive that forward in everything they do publicly because it makes them a brand. Yeah. Do you think that's what he's doing? Do you think he's using that uh, sort of dialing up so who he is to make it? Are you asking if he's a method actor and he's just in character the entire time? Yeah. Like Jim Carrey, you know, when he does his films, he's and just like his in bro- that zone. Like his brother Tristan is his, is his support yeah. support star because he's doing mm. a similar kind of role to reinforce him. But do you reckon it? Do you reckon you see it in that way? That I way? think sometimes you run the risk of talking about everything and saying nothing so if you're constantly going out of your way and telling people that they're fucking lazy because I've listened to a couple of his podcasts and he always brings that up Mm. the reason I'm so successful is because I'm not lazy and you lot are fucking lazy and you know obviously the podcast that he's done I've no doubt in my mind that the numbers are banging because he's a very outward um, take it or leave it kind of guy but um, yeah, I don't know. He's a he's an interesting character. I don't really know what else to say about him, to be completely honest. But. I'm I watch a lot of Andrew Tate's mm. content. It's hard not to. But I watch a lot of Andrew Tate's content, and before he became like, because he's he's been out there for a good six to eight months, I'd say, in a mass sense. I don't think people have been talking about him as much until about now. Yeah. But I first came across Andrew Tate on um, on reels and stuff. December, right. I think it must have been, right. and um, and that was mainly talk about money and um, you know wealth development stuff because I'm I'm fucking well into it, like watching videos. Yeah, and yeah, that. yeah. I love all that kind of stuff. Definitely, I'm a yeah. businessman. I, I love that. And um, this is before he really started. Well, he was doing Home Hustlers University before he was really mass publicised there. I feel like a lot his podcast, a lot that he does, is an engine for that. Obviously, Hustlers University isn't a pyramid scheme as such, but it is um, network marketing in the same yeah. way as like MLM. like Greeny does. Yeah, yeah, and obviously you had him on you know, your first ever podcast, pretty much, wasn't it, um, Chris? And it's that yeah. same kind of idea. It is network marketing. It's Hustlers University. Um, I'll be fair. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm switched on business wise. Yeah, I'm tempted to sign up just to see what it's all about. See if it is, if it's the what they're saying is true. Yeah, I get what you mean. There's a lot of people on YouTube that have signed up to it and they'll give their honest thoughts. But yeah. I always find with people that sign up like. There was a whole thing a couple of years ago. It was like, I signed up to Bella Fawn and Del Pel- Belle Delphine, whatever her name was. I signed up to their OnlyFans so you don't have to. And they would then critically analyse and review that content. And they would say whether or not it was worth buying. But a lot of these people are like commentary channels on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So they would go out of their way to say it's shit. And there would always be this bias of like negativity towards it. So I'd, I'd be interested to see what your actual thoughts are. I, I would be quite inclined to try it, and I'll tell you why. Why I, I would I would be interested to do it, mm. and interested for us at some point in the future to sort of have a look at. Well, maybe we could do a collective yeah, yeah, yeah. there. We could share the split and then do yeah, it together. Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to do that for, for two reasons. One, for exactly the reasons you said, there are people, especially when it comes to agitate. Interesting enough, because he is so masculine. Yeah. Very very right wing. 
biased. What's he called? Sigma. Is that what it is? Yeah. Above Alpha. Sigma. Sigma. Yeah. Well, that's what he says, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he's very much that way inclined. Very, very much, you know, tapping into that male audience that is, you know, is getting you know, decimated, really, in all kind of media platforms. Yeah. A lot of people who are comment- do commentary channels on YouTube and who have done it for a while mm. are very left. Mm. Very, very left. Because obviously YouTube is a very inclusive place. Mm. Andrew Tate is not does not come across as the most no. inclusive man in the world. No, completely. That's why I don't think he'd take take that as offensively. He's not trying to be inclusive. He's trying to be exclusive because let's be real, everyone likes to think that everyone could make millions of dollars. Yeah. And everyone can make have this wonderful lives. But actually, everyone can't do that. Yeah. It's a fucking lie, it's a myth. Yeah. That we can all make it out of the ghetto. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And do you know what? I, 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 I do find the guy really fucking interesting. I, I was, first thing I'd say now straight was to caveat what I've just been saying for the last four minutes. I don't agree with everything he says. No. I don't have to agree with everything he says. I don't have to like everything he says. But I tell you what, I fucking respect the fact that he says it because too many people are afraid to express their opinions rightly or wrongly. It's not like a Tommy Robinson who was just you know, chatting absolute shit. Yeah. And created one public persona and then decided that wasn't going to get him enough attention so he tried to sort of do a watered down version of himself to, to, to yeah, get so to, it's to the masses yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, okay. I don't feel like Andrew takes pandering mm. no I, I don't think so but it's like yeah. he's, he's, this is just an, another string in his bow though you've got to bear in mind this guy was absolutely broke I, I was watching all of his videos with his brother talking about the fact they were broke mm. and about getting KFC for his birthday because when they were absolutely broke and needed to get protein they'd go to KFC they were living in England. Mm. They'd go to KFC, see people throw two, three pieces of chicken away inside of KFC. They'd gather all that chicken up, take it, cut it up, freeze it, and use it as their protein with rice. And that's what they lived on. Yeah. Second hand, thrown away KFC, KFC chicken and rice. And they had no money for anything else. It's amazing how that can light a fire out of necessity to perpetuate and propel your future. Mm. It's usually from rock bottom that people ascend to the top. Well, there's some really. There actually is some videos. I've seen them come up on Facebook. Other people share them of um, Andrew and Tristan Tate when they're actually uh, you know ten years ago when they're really young when they're just sort of out and they haven't got anything. Yeah. But the way they express themselves and, ex- and extenuate themselves is exactly the same. And that's what I mean. It's not like he's been caught on camera. He's purposely filming. Mm. Some of it obviously is. Sometimes he's just been caught like randomly. And like if I was recording you as a mate walking down the road, mm. and the personality coming through is the same. That's interesting. And that's what I find really, really interesting about this guy because that's why I asked you what your opinion was yeah. because obviously I've had a look into this, these bits and pieces probably mm. more so than you hate you yourself. Yeah. I I think there is an element of dialing up to 11, taking mm. that spinal tap approach. But I think this really is who this guy is. Yeah. And actually, I think that's why I like him. And, you know, like I say, I want to get across this myth off about people in general. You don't have to agree with everything someone says no. and every opinion somebody says. To, to like him, mm. right? It's like I'm just to veer off to a, po- a previous point. Point. It's not in the media now, but Roman Abramovich, Chelsea owner, again getting fucking lambasted all his assets frozen because he had connections to Putin as a friend. Yeah. Just because you're friends with a dickhead, it doesn't make you a dickhead. Yeah, yeah. But I don't agree with everything Andrew Tate says. No. But fuck, you've got to respect the fucking man to be and say true to his principles, even if they don't align with yours. And do you know what people what people don't really get is that nobody has the same principles. No. I learned that in therapy. No one has the same set of core values. Yeah. You know, if you get cheated on and you're like heartbroken because someone's done something horrendous to you in your in your opinion, their core values might turn around and say to them it's absolutely fine because it's not a core principle to them. Mm. 
and we judge people by our own yardsticks all the time. Yeah. And that's why people find it so offensive if someone like Andrew Tate comes along. Yeah. Because even though he is very much asserted his own opinion and belief system and saying this is the right way and you're all lazy and all this kind of stuff. Hmm. People don't like it because it doesn't match their belief system. Yeah. Rather than sit back going, okay, fair enough, that's your opinion. My opinion is X, your opinion is Y. We don't agree with saying things, but that's fine. You're entitled yeah. to have your space in the market. Because yeah. that's what this has become. That's what social media is. Social media is a cattle market for people with for belief systems. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, before I forget, I've got to show you after this a song by Twenty One Pilots called "Never Take It." It's I all see about it yeah. data as currency. Yeah. And the way that they talk about things, kind of similar to your vocal style when you're in bands, they speak in metaphors, mm. and it doesn't necessarily align to exactly what they think or what you think, but it. You can take things out of it. You can paint your own picture, on... but with, with, with the colour thing, yeah, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll have to show you that in a bit. You fucking love 21 Pilots, mate. Man. They're so. I've, I've gotten a bit bored of them now, to be completely honest. That's because you've been I've binging the fuck out for like four weeks. My Spotify, mate, is basically all of their albums. Like, I'm not even joking. I'd shoot but... you not, guys, right? If you had Ben personally on any social media, I see this motherfucker. Yeah. Share their music four or five times a day. Trench, Scaled and Icy, Blurry Face, Vessel, 21 Pilots, The Artist. I can't give you that Recently much, played. to be fair, because I've always binging fucking like, you know, City's Ours or Glass Heart or any of my have boys you, ripping my fucking have voice. Have forgotten that you've got access to my YouTube account and my fucking history a couple of the weeks ago was Seven Dust. Yeah, I was just times six hundred. It was like Binge vocal you, cover, vocal reaction, bass cover, backing track, orchestral backing track. I was like, "What the fuck is this? This is fucking." You fucking hit me up like, "What the fuck is going on?" I didn't even realize I'd done an upload for the channel, yeah. and um, I didn't even fucking realize I was still um, still connected to the Bedlam um, yeah, channel. Yeah. And Ben was like, what the fuck? I was like, my reaction to was like, well, fucking educate yourself, man. It's all there now, isn't it? It's yeah. laid out for you. Watch it all in reverse. Love it. Fantastic. Fuck it, while yeah. we're talking music, I'm going to plug. No, fuck it, I'm yeah, going to yeah, plug my it. voice because I've always got to plug my voice. Do it. If you don't know who the city as ours are, they're my favourite band at the moment. They're the best band to come out of Britain in the last 20 fucking years, 20 plus years, easily. And you probably agree with that to an extent. Yeah, yeah, I've mentioned them. could be arguable, but... City is ours is fucking absolutely insane. If you don't know who the city is, city is ours is, guys. So it's one word. Go and check them out. Mikey Page is a fucking incredible singer and rhythm guitarist. Ollie Duncanson is, you know, he's Peter Parker in yeah. the flesh. Yeah. Behind the camera and in front of it, what a legend. Shane's going to hate me for stealing that and putting that on the pod because he's been loving that fucking he said that to Ollie. Um, you know, yeah. Stu Mercer is a fucking wizard on the guitar. You know, they're just fucking such absolute fucking lads so yeah really really go check these boys out they are fucking yeah. different class so yeah back to Andrew Tate then yeah so to wrap up I I think he's got some good points but when you say everything like I said earlier he's got an opinion on every single topic and it's not as easy as saying you're lazy like currently right now as of time of recording on the what is it the 16th of August 2022 I've got two jobs this is one of my only evenings off this week I am flat fucking out I'm not lazy you're not lazy and I'm not rich you're grass so based on his ideology of you just need to work more that doesn't work for me you are one of my best friends yeah and I'm 
and we we are close. I could say things yeah, to you yeah, that yeah. you aren't necessarily going to like, and you could say things to me. I'm going to do this live. I won't podcast. hit the microphone because it's an expensive microphone. Right. <laughs> what I'm going to say to you is this. Yeah. What Andrew Tate is actually saying, which is where people infer things at face value so much, it's the same one. Yeah. It's the same thing with fundamental religious beliefs. Yeah. People don't like it. They say about Islamist, Islamic terrorists. Mm. They're not Islamic terrorists. They're Islamic fundamentals. You get Christian fundamentals. Anyone who has a fundamental belief takes things at face value as factual information, and they have they, they believe that then to the extreme. Yeah. If you take what Andrew Tate says about you being lazy and not willing to do the work at face value when you're working your ass off, mm. you're gonna be offended. But that isn't what he means. Mm. That's not what he means. What he actually means is a very very classic line that's used in sales quite regularly, and that is, "Don't work harder, work smarter." Yeah. That's what he means. This guy. Mm. Made his fortune initially by moving to Romania because the costs were cheaper. Yeah. Opening up a webcam girl facility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where people thought they were talking to someone in their house one on one because he laid it out as such. And they were saying about this on whatever now, but the video I was watching, they just four or five people managing it behind desks. And they were making a fucking killing. And it's genius. And then he had some money, so he bought five or six casinos down the road for fuck all because they're in Romania. And tourists come along and fucking wake all the money away in it. The man's clever. Yeah. And he's worked smarter than harder because he's seen an area in, in Europe which his cost is a tenth of what it would be in England because he's, he's not from England but he was living in England for a long time. Actually, yeah. I think it might be English. He's seen his cost reduction and maximised his profit margin as a result yeah, of that. Yeah, so he's a king of return on investment. Exactly. And, and everything in life is a sales cycle. Yeah. Me and my brothers have always said this. Me, me and my two older brothers, we are career salespeople. So we always say everything in life, every interaction with human beings in life is a sales cycle and everybody wants to get sold to, but they want to get sold to well. Mm. Whether you hate him or not, mm. Andrew Tate is selling to people well. Because yeah. people are signing up to Hustlers University. They are paying $49 a month. Sales as a service, subscription models, yeah. is where you make money. Recurring revenue systems. Yeah, yeah. If $49 a month, right, if he had... 10,000 people signed up to it. I think he's got more than that actually. 10,000 people got, signed up. I'd want That's to say 490 least, grand a month. I want to say at least five times what you just said then. Easily. Yeah. If his turnaround is, because you, it's all about growth, you know, because you get you retain every you build. If he takes on a f- 500 new uh, sign ups a month, that's consistent trend growth. Yeah. It's not sustainable with what he's doing necessarily long term. Yeah. Because eventually, you'll get to a point where, like I say, not everyone can be rich. He knows that. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm sure he yeah. also knows is not everyone is willing to go to the length that he is going to lay out for mm. people would have to go to to make the money or make the sacrifices. Yeah. But what he's, like I say, what he's really well getting at is what works smarter, which means he's got to sacrifice a lot of things to do that. Mm. People like me and you can't do what he wants to, what we want people to do because we've mm. got too many close quarters ties that we can't afford to, to drop off when it yeah. comes to kids family just up and leaving going to another exactly. country like Romania yeah exactly if we both co-parent with our exes yeah yeah we can't just make that decision to get up and fuck off mm. because we've got a whole other household for our children to think about yeah when I say our children me and Ben aren't a couple we don't have children together naturally but we've got our own sets of children but it's that kind of idea other people do exist guys but yeah I like I say I personally I fucking love the guy yeah uh, I think he is and do you know what, I'm, I've got some friends who'll probably see this. It will be appalled that I'm saying that I love the guy, but I think my, my, my argument for loving him is quite reasoned. I respect the fact that he's so fucking honest and ballsy, and says things that you know, rub people up the wrong way. But at least he fucking means them. Yeah, yeah. And do you know, I don't. Yeah. 
I That's get that. I don't give a fuck if yeah. someone upsets me. I don't give a fuck if I hate somebody. I'll respect the fuck out of anybody if they're honest and true to themselves. Back it up as well. Yeah. Don't just fucking throw random shit out there like all Chinese people don't have the right education. I think, I think to, yeah, to, to fully wrap this up, in my opinion, when you start talking in absolutes, you run the risk of putting a blanket over everyone. That's probably like, a lot clearer than I thought you were going to be. I thought you when you start talking absolutes, you turn into an absolute cunt. Absolutely bedlam. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> but it's a very, like, I love Mike Malak from Impulsive. He went on H3 he was um, recently. He was, who was he fucking with? Lana. Lana Rhodes. Lana Rhodes, yeah. yeah. So fit. I'd love to meet Mike, because he's kind of hit that rock bottom, and he's become quite successful through being an assistant to Logan Paul, and now he's kind of split his own ties with that and he's actually a content creator himself but he says to Ethan from H3 who's a very aggressive commentator on everything on the internet when you speak in absolutes you run the risk of trying to you know put an agenda on everything but then to caveat that yeah so many people now refuse to commit and obviously we talked about yeah. stuff like before the podcast. People refuse to commit to an opinion, yeah. to a lifestyle choice, to a job, to a town, to a partner. People refuse to commit to the long term now. And that's that's a cancer upon society. We never used to have that issue. Yeah. You know, society was always predicated on the on, on commitments. Calculated risk and commitments. You commit to a job for life do you go into. Yeah. You commit to a partner yeah. for life do you go into. You commit to a friendship circle for life. You commit to a football club for life. You commit yeah. to hobbies for life. Absolute commitments. The problem now is we live in a world where it's gone too far the other way. There's yeah. no balance. There's no loyalty. Exactly. So everyone, you see yeah. all these these hoes ain't loyal. You're all fucking hoes, male and female. None of you are loyal. Can't stand you. But it's, it's, it's legit truth. Yeah. People, you, you can't obviously have, you can't live your life based entirely in absolutes. No. But we need to have some fucking absolutes. But I, it's like, you know, I don't mind. We talked a lot on the podcast about my, my personal situation before, my marriage breaking down, all this kind of stuff. Me and my ex are in juxtaposed positions because she doesn't live life very absolute. She's very wishy washy. Nothing yeah. is, nothing is permanent to her, and I don't mean that in a negative way. That is not a slant on cat at all. But nothing is permanent in her life, mm. and never has been. Mm. Whereas me, I've got a balance of things. I know some things aren't going to last forever. But that's predicated by the fact that I also know I do have some absolutes in my life. Mm. If I've got an incredible friend mm. who I know is, you know, will tell me the truth, have my back no matter what, and I have their back, and I know that they're going to say only good things behind my back. Mm. That's an absolute for me. That motherfucker ain't going away. Yeah. It's an absolute that at some stage in every month I'm going to make an absolute twat of myself do something ridiculous. This week. I won't announce on here, obviously, <laughs> but as I've already done this week, and piss a lot of people off at the process. And it's Tuesday. And it's fucking Tuesday. <laughs> One day in, and I made a cock of myself this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. I've done something horrendous. Fuck. But you've got to have balance. There has to be absolutes. Mm. In the same way that, like Jordan Peterson says about um, men. Mm. Men aren't, you know, aren't needed. We're necessary. Masculinity isn't, isn't a choice. It's necessary. And... Mm. Um, the world has become so hung up on not fucking offending everyone and tiptoeing on eggshells around everything in life that you're opening 
the gateway for an Andrew Tank to come in. Mm. Or like 10 years ago, for Tommy Robertson to come in. These people aren't necessarily the final people. They are fucking indicators. They are fucking lighthouses in the night yeah. for what's to come. If you continue to not adjust society to allow balance from all perspectives, absolutes and temporary uh, perishable belief systems, mm. you end up in a scenario where soon enough we will only have extreme choices. Yeah. Of extremely flippant, hedonistic people. We'll end up. That's what the left will end up becoming, which is not what left wing lefties are normally. Yeah. But that's what it's slowly turning into, or extremely absolute totalitarian people on the mm. right, and that's what we're pushing this down. Mm. And this is where we go back to where we were in the fucking thirties and forties, where you had communism and nationalism as the two most hated things. But actually, all the people saying they hate both were adopted both as their fucking two political options in every country under the fucking yeah, sun. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned totalitarianism or whatever the word is, because I used to think that that was a total law across the country that was governed by people. In reality, it's actually governed by the government, and they have a total view. It's basically, in my opinion, from a very, very uneducated perspective, it's communism and it's dictatorship. Communism and dictatorship aren't the same thing. And this is a common misconception. It's something that I've got a good friend, Sammy, we talk about this stuff quite a lot. And it always fuck, fucks me off yeah. how people have got this so wrong for so many fucking generations and they're talking about something they have no fucking clue what they're on yeah. about. Don't go too deep because we're about to talk about Flea from Red Hot Chili. Yeah, well, I'll go too photos, deep. Yeah. Right? <laughs> this is the real fucking Look at us some footage of Flea that I was watching on that fucking um, train wreck. He, he could go pretty deep if he wanted to. Jesus, that man. But communism yeah. is the structure of... Um, devolved and evenly distributed power and wealth to all peoples at all times okay. with no particular head of state but a council of state that's what communism works as not the same as Marxism Marxists and communists are two very different things not the same as Stalinists actual or Leninists what people forget is that Lenin was a Bolshevik he wasn't a communist Stalin was a Stalinist he was a he was a he was a, a dictator he wasn't a communist he was just under the guise of communism it's like um like a Colonel Mao in China, right. was the dictator, not a communist. Kim Jong-un Kim Jong is a dictator, not a communist. You cannot have a communist state with a head of state. It doesn't work. It's completely against the predication of the belief system. So I just want to get that out there now. Nationalism runs on the basis of dictatorship. Okay. So when you look at um, USSR and Germany, the German Republic, um, during the World War the 30s and World War Two, okay, both of them were the same. Neither of them, you can even you cannot say that one was communist and one was nationalist. You could quite easily have taken either leader and switched them to nations, switch nations, leaders, right? Yeah, they were both dictatorships. Nationalism isn't a dictatorship either. Mm. Nationalism is again, it's a, it's, a, it's a sovereign belief of power to the people, general generalist people. Yeah, but with a head of state, it's still not dictatorship. And this is where the common misconception of how these political structures work mm. irritates the living fuck out of me. Because yeah. people talk about subjects they have not got a fucking clue about. Yeah, they yeah. don't know what they're on about. Oh, I, I don't know anything really about politics, but I know that what is currently happening in the UK is not good. The what, what? And you don't have to know everything about shit for it to be good. I don't know everything about my fucking car, but I know that it will get me from here to Southampton. Well, the point you make is a good one because you don't have to. You have to have a degree of an educated brain, like an educated palate for food. I don't have to be fucking 
yeah. Marco Pierre wants good, to tell your food tastes nice. That's a good analogy, um, yeah. Having an educated palate. And the thing is, with um, the problem with, with UK politics is this, and it's very, very easily explained. Yeah. And I don't mean to offend anyone when I say this, I'm going to offend you, but I'm going to say it because I have to say it how I see it. People are fucking idiots. Yeah. They believe what they see and what they're told. Yeah. If I was sat there on top of the Tory party, where most people are afraid of Labour for some fucking reason, and I had, I'm being perceived as the people that you know we will save the money and save the country from debt, because one time the Tory party did it one time in history. I could turn around and tell you someone's a fucking anti-Semite, and it goes back to what I was saying about um, Roman Abramovich and Putin. Yeah. Just because John McDonnell and a few other people in the Labour Party were aligned, were aligned with um, Jeremy Corbyn, right? And they might have anti-Semitic views. Didn't make fucking Jeremy Corbyn an anti-Semite, did it? So is that just guilty by association? Yes. Isn't that what the media thrive on, though? Yeah, but that's what people keep buying into, because they're fucking morons. What happened to innocent until proven guilty? What happened to you know giving people the benefit of the doubt? Why do we consistently throw people under the bus based on who they're, who they're aligned with? Do you think because of conveniencenness and just everyone has to be first, they don't necessarily have to be right nowadays, they just have to be quick... That we've lost that ability to actually form like judgments on things. Yes. And we are sheep. Yes. Because it's actually easier to be a sheep it's than to thing. be a shepherd. It's another thing that Andrew Tate says. Yeah. People are plugged into the Matrix. That's this is what he means by the Matrix. He's not talking about the actual fucking Matrix. This isn't a simulation. Yeah. But people are plugged into what mainstream media wants them to do, and what yeah. our media does. And the US media does, and every other Western media does. Their entire blueprint is based off one blueprint and one blueprint alone. And I said it in the last couple of podcasts we've done. It's Joseph Goebbels. How anyone who studied history does not fucking see this is beyond me. The propaganda machine of Nazi Germany between the 30s and the 50s, actually before, before that, that is the blueprint yeah. for how you get mass media to control mass populace. Yeah. That is what they do. Boris Johnson, I actually think Boris is fucking hilarious. Yeah. I don't think he knows his ass from his elbow. I think he's fully aware of that. Yeah. Uh, for the last God knows how many years, certainly since Blair came into power, the Prime Minister is a figurative kind of position. They're not the ones pulling the strings, really. They're just the face of the operation, if yeah. you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, the F, like, like Lewis Hamilton might be a fucking brilliant driver, but he didn't build the fucking car that won the race. No, that's it, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's that same concept. Mm. People... Like a and like an entertainer, they're like a showman. You put someone who seems happy-go-lucky, a bit bumbly, a bit funny, as a showman in front of you, they'll believe it. How people have not seen that for the last twelve or thirteen years, we are being raped consistently and you know constantly yeah. as a populace under the guise of oh, we need to do it to save money. Meanwhile, we've had a government structure that has got us, has plunged us into great greater debts than we have ever experienced as a nation. Not saving money, spending money at an alarming rate, and then talking about privatising and selling off our uh, public services, exactly like Thatcher did in the 80s. Meanwhile, we're all complaining about the fact that the other world countries in Europe have private-owned, well, publicly-owned services, and are absolutely fine. Mm. It's a joke. It's a farce. Yeah. It's fucking hot shot and everything. Mm. We'll sell everything now to make a quick buck to, pl- pl- to paper over the cracks. Short-sighted. Yeah. yeah. And that's politics. 
Because politicians don't give a fuck about what happens to us in 20, no, 30 years' when time. when they're not in power. No, they, they only care about yeah. looking good whilst they're there to keep themselves there. They don't give a fuck about anything else. They'll quite happily take their career to the next level and do a load of speech. Like George Bush now, obviously I know he's from the US, but Tony Blair's still in some sort of career of talking politics. Tony Blair has absolutely raped his position and his influence to become one of the richest men in the world. People don't realise that. He's, that man is pure evil. Pure evil. He was a Tory in the Labour Party and corrupted the Labour Party inside and out. Yes, he brought them to power because they thought they did exactly what everyone else would do. If you can't beat them, join them. You got all these stuff, upper, stiff, stiff upper lip Tories talk about you know being posh and tofty. We'll put a young man in there who actually yeah, similar yeah, yeah. kind of belief system and go more centric. Yeah. The problem is none of these parties are actually overtly different from one another. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I've said this often, I'm not a royalist by any stretch of imagination. Mm. I think it's a huge drain on public funds. Mm. But I would sooner dissolve government and have a monarch that we can't control yeah. telling us what to do, us fucking moan about it, but knowing that ultimately we don't have a fucking choice, than have a bunch of people to pick from, A or B, red, blue, red pill, blue pill, when actually the outcome is the fucking same. Yeah. And the problem we've got now is... Labour Party would have more influence to get more interest for the working class man mm. if working class people were actually at the top of the Labour Party. Yeah. That's why Jeremy Corbyn was so successful. Not because he was super working class, but because people know in the 80s, stuff like that, he was just a, you know, a backbench politician. He wasn't a frontbencher. Yeah. He was a backbench politician who went out there and he had strong belief systems that he had to uh, deal to. He's not dissimilar to, uh, yeah. to Andrew Tate. It's a cult personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will wrap this up as well and I will shout out the time that this changes at the beginning of this episode. Because I know people don't want to just listen to politics all the time. Apparently, I don't know if this is true, and I don't want this to necessarily go on for fucking ages. Sorry. Jeremy Corbyn, that's all right. In his entire career as a politician, apparently, allegedly, he filed for eighteen pounds worth of expenses. That's true. That's legit. And the other people in that area at that time are like forty-four k in expenses. There is a slight caveat you've got to put is that you've got to bear in mind, in contrast, so yeah, I'm, I'm not going to throw shade yeah. at Jeremy Corbyn, but, but in contrast, for the largest chunk of his political career, he would have been a lower earner, which he had in a, in a smaller constituency, because he's at Islington North, so that's a small constituency. Okay. So his access and need for um, expenses would have been reduced to smaller. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and he's always lived obviously relatively close to transport links and the rules on expenses have changed a lot over the years yeah, so yeah, when he would have been travelling to parliament and going to Westminster previously um, I think it wasn't until um, someone could correct me in the comments if, if this is wrong yeah. I don't think it was until until 97, 98 actually that you could claim expenses for travel to and from okay. the commons and this kind of things. So I think it was more more sustenance like in general business it would be if you're travelling for work and staying overnight yeah, yeah, yeah. it was more sustenance a lot of people found loopholes in the idea of owning second homes mm. um, and living further afield and having second homes in London or something mm. like that as a loophole to cover overnight stays and mm. having expense that way as well covered mortgages yeah I feel that most of the highest paying um, politicians in terms of the highest rated MP salary not ministerial yeah, yeah, yeah. but like a member of parliament salary is 84 grand yeah still obviously substantial yeah but actually not as substantial as you might not think for the stress that's involved from a ministerial perspective I think the Prime Minister's salary is 180 so there's only 100 grand more than that. I say only, but 180 grand. Yeah. That's still not even breaking the top um, 20% of um, banking bosses in the UK yeah. in terms of their earnings. I mean, most of those are on million dollar salary, million pound salaries, can you say dollars? 
billion pound salaries. Yeah. And you know the state of the economy really comes down to that distribution of wealth is off, wealth is completely off kilter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who I you know I would love to see um I can't remember his fucking name now the guy who's doing the RMT strikes on the rate on a lot um mix something or I think his name is it'll come to me um I'd love to see him get into politics because he's a straight shooter I think people would vote for him because he is like a normal everyday bloke said what do you think we're fucking doing here that's a really good segue. It's nice really subconscious. I would vote for Dave Blue Van Man. Oh man, I'd love to vote for Dave as Blue Prime Man. Minister. I've been speaking to him quite a lot recently, and he is very straight shooting at the moment. He really is. He couldn't give a fuck if you watch his videos at the moment. He is being incredibly honest about government control, and his podcast. Um, he's trying to get the MP of his local area onto his podcast which the second that fucking gets uploaded, I will be spreading like fucking wildfire and I will be listening to that within an hour of that getting uploaded because he really does represent the people, in my opinion. Obviously, I don't know if he would actually run, but let us know, Dave. Would you be up for it? I would be well up for it. I'll tell you what, you give me a really fucking good idea, a really good idea for a show, probably a one-off. You know you get question time when you talk about yeah, politics. Yeah, yeah. We should talk to Dave and a few yeah, other uh, podcasters. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. See, uh, you can know a guy obviously does live streams and Twitch streams and stuff like that where you get a big, big enough audience. We need a few people who get big enough live stream audiences. Yeah. And we'll do like yeah. an online community question time, political question time. Like a head of state. With podcasters just... and stuff like that. Try to see if we can get some members yeah, of Parliament yeah. on. But have the online community as yeah. the, as the all, all audience that posts I'm the thinking questions. of a couple of people already on Twitch. I'm thinking of Athen, legend. Maybe Combat 26. Yeah, I'll have a think. I think Robbie Knox would be a good person for that. I'll tell you why. Not because I think it's particularly political. Yeah. He's just a bit of an every man, isn't he? Yeah. A bit like Dave in a different way, but he's just a bit like a happy go lucky I, I really want him and Dave to do some more videos together because they did like a whole life advice yeah. series and it was fucking great. But yeah, there we go. I think that's a pretty good idea. So, Dave, go. if you're listening, um, yeah, question time. I'll be linking you, Dave. I've got you Dave, on WhatsApp, Dave could mate. be our sexy Fiona no Bruce. Yeah. They could be our our host Fiona Bruce. Yeah. So, topic number two, official right. topic number two. Fifty-one minutes and forty-two seconds. Oh, Holy this fuck! This happens every time we do an episode. They're always long. So, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers has announced that he is no longer taking pictures with fans, and he would much rather just chat to people because he sees pictures and meet and greets as transactional. However playing devil's advocate because I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers they basically cemented my childhood in music and it then made me veer off into other avenues of music but I've always had a soft spot for Red Hot Chili Peppers they're quite happy to take our money they're quite happy to I don't know create a Patreon where people can literally support them directly um, so I think if someone wants a fucking photo with you they should have a photo with you. I find it very interesting that someone like Flea would say this. And the reason I say I find it very interesting, and I'm going to throw you know, some, some controversial opinions here. If this was um, Chad or John Vishkanti, mm. I'd back it 100%. Mm. But Flea is a brand. His name's not fucking Flea. Yeah. He's gimmicked himself his entire career. The coloured hair, the nudity, 
the toplessness all the time. Obviously, he's done that more than the others. Yeah. You know, the way he holds his base. Mm. I was watching Trainwrecked, um, what's up, my nine documentary, Flea going on stage, stark, bollock, naked. Everything with Flea has always been a marketing gimmick. Yeah. As an artist, a gimmick to get, to get himself over. So, I'm not being fucking funny. He sold himself as a brand. Pictures with Flea as a gimmick is part of that brand. If he doesn't want to have pictures with fans, fair enough. Well, don't go out as Flea. I don't even know his fucking real name. Don't go out as Flea. Michael Peter Balzari. Okay. Well, go out as Michael Peter Balzari. Wear a suit and tie and sit down and say, sorry, I'm not playing for my character Flea today. I'm just literally doing meet and greets with fans, talking to them about the music and being a bit being a normal human being. So separate the two the two individuals. And I don't want to hear anyone come up with bullshit. Oh, well, they are the same person. They're not the same person. It's a gimmick. Musicians are Stage synonymous. Name. It's the Musicians were synonymous with fucking having gimmicks mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Anthony Kiedis would not have said this. No. Anthony Kiedis would not have said this. He's got some fucking interesting belief systems, Anthony Kiedis did, but he would not have said this. Mm. I don't understand why Flea has. And I'll tell you what it is, <clears> and I'll tell you what I put it down to, and this is going to sound like some harsh shit, and I want to caveat what I'm about yeah, to say. Yeah, I, w- I want your opinion. I'm yeah. going to caveat what I'm about to say with the fact that I love the chilies. I love them so much. I loved. Late nineties chilies. I'm yeah. not a huge fan of a lot of the rodeo stuff. I didn't really yeah. like Roller Coaster and all that kind of shit, but yeah. Scar Tissue is still now one of my favourite songs. One hot minute was Californication was absolutely fucking unreal. Yeah. I hated the stuff they did with Daddy California. I thought it was all bollocks, I thought it was overly commercialised and massively sold out. Yeah, didn't like it. Massively sold themselves out. And yeah. I think they did that on purpose because they got so big mm-hmm. they thought we saw the money and it goes back to what I'm saying here and now, here and now. Yeah. But I think that he is a hypocritical piece of shit for coming out with bullshit like this. He has put himself in a public eye for 35 years mm. doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, mate. Too far on the game. If you yeah. don't want to do it anymore, if you don't want to take pictures of the fans, tell you what, retire. Because mm. that's the only fucking way out of that job. Especially nowadays, man. Like Everyone's got a fucking 700 megapixel phone and live streaming stuff. And like, If you're against, I'll be for for this discussion. I want to go to a fucking show and not see any phones. Because... There's a time for phones, and people used to take lighters with them to gigs, didn't they? Now they use the torch on their phone. And I want to be in the moment at a show. I want to be in the euphoric people watching other people. Not, I'm going to film this entire set and then put it on YouTube. You're not in the moment if you're trying to get the best angle. What, I love what do you think about that? What I love about this is this is actually organically our sides are very much yeah. polar opposites here. Yeah. I think torches yet, I get that. Yeah. Filming and taking pictures while you're there at the moment, disagree with entirely. Yeah. I I love the fact, right, when I'm at a gig, mainly for support acts actually, rather than the headliner. People obviously a lot of people go for the headliner. Yeah. I'll give you an example, when I went to um Underworld and we saw um Yeah. Sit his ass. Oh, yeah. Watching Kubrick set and recording it, it was fucking amazing. And I, I my, my thing was, I'm gonna record a couple of songs, put it up there because that's gonna potentially make people see this guy that wouldn't have. And he, you know, obviously he's got to be fucking you know, connected anyway. But it's an example of that. Yeah. And people are gonna be more aware of him. But like, okay. But so yeah. that, that's one side of it. But yeah. The other okay. side of it, to caveat that, mm. when I'm watching City, and I'm in that moment, and I'm right at the front, and I'm right next to Ollie. I want people to like. What, what I got really upset because Shane's normally always taking pictures and taking videos. Yeah. First song out the gate when I did Coma, cover to cover. Ollie put the mic in the, on the, the screen with the back of Coma. I did the screen. No one fucking got it. No one got a picture or video of that. 
I'd be like, my life that would become a photo worthy for about six years. Yeah. It would have been banging. The, I, to capture other people in the moment, that's what I think well, you're, the, the point you're missing. It's yeah. not necessarily about not being in the moment. It's about capturing that family feel. You don't get that. The energy. But I think it, given and received. Exactly. Yeah. But I think it differs genre to genre as well. Yeah. That's, that's not me being a slant on anyone who prefers hip hop or rap because I actually like everything. But I think it's very different outside of the metal community and the alternative community. And yeah. I'm not trying to be, you know, ex- exclusive to anyone. It's a very inclusive community that we're part of. Yeah. But it's different in yeah. rock music. Yeah, yeah. It's all about we are one fucking big massive family. If you don't yeah. want to be a part of that, it's fine. But don't fucking come in here and corrupt our family. We're one family. We all want to capture everyone in the moment and in, in that in that mm. energy. And there's nothing like that. Eminem has stopped participating in this entire conversation. He said, if you want to watch me live, you'll leave your phone in the locker. And I think Billie Eilish has recently done something like this as well. Billie yeah. Eilish doesn't have enough notoriety or enough um, longevity in the industry to even have an opinion, so she should want an echo. Well, you say that. She played, I think, I don't know if this is 100% true, This she played a fucking massive venue. I don't think it was Wembley. It was a very, it might have been Ali Pally. And she said every single food outlet within a five mile radius of this gig has to go vegan. And everyone went, okay. I don't get it. Right. That's that's influence. That, right, we'll, we'll put it in contrast, right? Yeah. So as everybody knows, I always talk about it because I'm like the guy from um, *Legal Gentleman* talks about his band *Creme Brulee*. <laughs> I play the Cannes Festival, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't give me the right to walk to any fucking pub on a Saturday or Friday night when there's a cover band playing and say, "Oh, you need to do this with your sound and do this." And go walk up and tell them what to do and tell the venue what to do yeah, because I, I did one big gig one time. Yeah. Billie Eilish is a. I can't say she's a nobody, but she's a, she's a it, she's yeah. a nobody yet. Yeah. Really, she had a few. She's had a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's nobody yet. Adele, if Adele come out and said that, now she's been around for fucking like fifteen years, smashing it. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Billy Eilish isn't anything yet. No. Eminem. Is he, he's a hypocrite. Fucking hypocrite. Who the fuck is he? Now he's got the money. Mm. Now he's got the life. Now he's lived the dream. Now he is the biggest rap artist in the world. You know, because talking in terms of consistency. Yeah. But he lived in a trailer park. Who the fuck is he to tell, you know, Joe Bloggs coming off the trailer park himself and going to watch his gig who just wants to get a picture of Eminem? That's all he fucking wants to do because it's an inspiration. And he's going to blow that up and put it in the background of his phone, his screensaver, while he's wrapping it into his own fucking phone trying to make beats. Who the fuck is he yeah. to tell someone they can't do that? Yeah. Stop being a fucking bellend. Get off your high horse. Get out your fucking ivory tower and let people do them. You do you, they do them. And that's half the fucking problem with this world. Everyone thinks they can tell everyone else how they can fucking live and what yeah. they are and not, not allowed to do. It's not like 1984 for the fucking music industry. Get your fucking head out your ass, you bunch of cunts. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about the whole flea thing is the problem with cell phones and mobile phones and smartphones is we don't have any self-control. So it's an addiction. I'm now turning off notifications on certain apps because I don't care. Like my LinkedIn, every time I look at my LinkedIn, there's like 17 notifications, four messages from people trying to fucking headhunt me and stuff. I don't care. I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy in the job that I've got. I, I might start looking at some point in the future, but I am being very self-controlled with my phone now. Um, and people aren't setting timers. And even if they are setting timers, they're overriding the timer when the time actually comes to zero. And it's about going to a gig, 
filming that one song, say like Foo Fighters play a B-side that they haven't played in fucking 16 years, film it. Fucking film it. Great. Put it on YouTube, get 40,000 fucking views. But put your fucking phone away when you're not doing that. I tell you what, you raised a very valid point. I think that the age of social media, which is what we're in, yeah. has made us all become very much more reactive than proactive. Yeah. Before a mobile phone, we go back when mobile phones started being big when we were younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were proactively texting someone, yeah, yeah. proactively calling someone, proactively putting music on or playing snakes, what you did. Yeah. Now it's the case, mm. oh shit, this has gone off. Everything is a reactive process for minor respond. dopamine releases. Absolutely. We feel like we need to instantly respond to people. And yeah. if they don't, if we see that green dot on Messenger to say they're online, they don't respond to us, then we start fucking beating ourselves up and tearing yeah. ourselves apart over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have come to the conclusion, I've been talking to friends about this, mm. about you know, platonic and non platonic relationships. I make a personal point of engineering space for people. I do it on purpose. Mm. I do it on purpose because my time is valuable. Yeah. And your time is valuable. And if we're constantly repeating it to each other, I know you get annoyed at me doing this, so I do it on purpose. Not all the time. Sometimes I can just be flaky. But you need to know that I'm not always available. Yeah. My, 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 I am not, I am finite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my time is valuable. In the same way, I need to know yours is. Yeah. Like, if I cancel on you last minute, you come in here, you're pissed off because your time is valuable. Yeah. And people forget the value in other people. Everyone has become selfish because of social media yeah. and because they think the instant gratification instant reward me 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 everybody's time has value everybody's personality and opinion holds weight and has value yeah, yeah, yeah. so as a result of that you need to have space for people to appreciate their value how can I miss you if you won't go away yeah it's as simple as that absence makes the heart grow fonder it literally took me losing my, my marriage and my wife falling apart for fucking eight months, rebuilding myself to sit back and think, what the fuck are we all doing? And yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm the worst one for being on social media. I take pictures of everything I post it up all the time. Yeah. I'm trying to get better because some of the things I put on you know, social media, and I just see a meme and a quick share, we've talked about it, unnecessary, inappropriate, and not the whole world doesn't have to see the things, the dark side of my humour. If I go for a nice walk with my dog, why can't I show people, oh yeah, I had a nice walk with my dog today. Or if I go and have a beer with my, be- with my pal and I'm having a good time. I've had a beer with my pal and I'm having a good time. Where it goes the wrong way is where people are faking it till they make it. Yeah. And they go in to find expensive cars to stand next to and take photos to make out that they own it. If it's legit your life, legit things you're doing, yeah. and it's not, it's, it's not pretense, or maybe a fake smile's okay, but it's not yeah, pretense yeah, yeah. in terms of what you're doing, then fucking kudos to you. Keep doing that shit because that's what social media should be about. Look at my actual life. If you're filling the world with bullshit because you're so desperate to become rich because you think my lying about what you've got by pretending to be rich will make you rich, you, sir, are a fucking moron. Mm. An absolute moron. And it goes back to what Ricky mm. Gervais said a few years ago. What would you suggest to anyone who wanted to become famous? A reporter asked him. I'd tell him to go out and kill somebody. Yeah. Because if all you're interested in fame is, 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 is fame and notoriety, be a serial killer. Yeah, and it's interesting point because that's exactly what Ted Bundy did. Mm. Ted Bundy wanted to be known. And that's why he did, that's why he was. A yeah, serial people talk about it every day now. Yeah, it's people, yeah. I, I boggles the mind. The psychology of society and the rate in which is transitioning is wildly alarming and very very dangerous. Because we've gone from without sounding fucking really arrogant, a generation of people who are very very switched on, not woke. I hate that term, but awake 
to the world around them and all possibilities because we had all possibilities outcomes. Yeah. Um, very, very balanced our views and opinions as a result of that. To the next generation, mm. are fucking idiots. I think our generation now shares, but I think the generation after us, below us, whatever, they overshare. They mine the real world for content and they'll put the content up. Yeah. And they won't perfect it, they won't make sure it's good, they'll just upload it. And, it goes and it's almost like it's temporary because it's now off my phone, which has a certain amount of storage, which is now mental. My phone used to have 64 megs of storage, so I had to be very specific. My fucking text inbox used to fill up. Commodore fucking 64s were 16 or 32 bits. Yeah, yeah. But um, now Look, it's... This fucking big. Now it's in the cloud. I can delete it off my phone. Temporary memories. But yeah, I don't know. But you know, it's interesting because we kind of got full circle on the topic going back yeah. to Flea. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I've kind of semi-changed my position on this now because actually, I actually think he has a point depending on who you are. Mm. Which sounds very, very... Um, Exclusive again. It's not, everything's revolved back into the topics. It's like the Andrew Tate thing. It sounds like I'm excluding people to an extent I am. But there are people who are taking photos and creating content for sake of creating content because they think they can be content creators but they don't have the skill set necessary. Not everyone can do this shit. Mm. You have to have a particular skill set to talk in front of people, talk on camera and create and edit and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing it because this is something to you, this is your moment, this is something yeah. you care about, it's something you're enjoying, you want the world, your world, your slice of the world to know about it, then be my guest. Mm. I honestly think, and I am a firm believer, when we start this, this point of conversation, there should be no such thing as a public setting on Facebook, mm. or Insta, or anything else for that matter. I think you should only be able to share your, your posts to your friends, and nobody else. Mm. Because I think that's where the corruption happens. Yeah. When people start publicly posting, they get a few hundred likes. And that's a nice page on the business week. I get that. Because yeah. it, 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 I had that, that for ages. When, when me and my ex split up, I would put things and make it a public post purposely to try to get her attention. Yeah. What fucking... But what is that? What was that? Who does that benefit? Nobody. Yeah. Nothing should be public outside your, your circle of friends on Facebook at all. Full stop. Yeah. Period. Because why would you want some fucking weirdo looking at your post you don't know? Some man sat in Somalia staring at your phone photos at three in the morning. Weird. Mm. You don't want that. Nobody wants that. No. We're, pers we're, we're exposing our own our own private lives through ignorance. We've all become celebrities. It goes back to that cult of personality we were talking about before. Mm. We've all become celebrities in our own heads. Yeah. And we're not. Yeah. None of us famous. Yeah. Nobody's famous. Yeah. Famous is an ideology, yeah. It's a mirage. It's a myth. Mm. And then you hear about these people that are rich and they're still not happy. No. So because that's the whole goal, isn't it? To get rich and to get famous and to become this influential figure of, hey guys, buy this Babyliss product or whatever. But then you find out that they're not happy and you're like, well, fuck, man. Like, the chess game can't be won to the point where the board's been fucking flipped and... Robbie Williams, you know, goes through bad times and it's just this whole Oh. <laughs> Shout out to the cat downstairs. Marlene didn't approve. Genuinely thought your kid was here then. I did as well thought it was JJ. Fuck. Um, yeah. But ult yeah. Ultimately it goes uh, there's a quote from Donald Trump actually of all people. Okay. 
I'm going to finish this topic on this Hail point. Mary. I'm going to do it. <laughs> There's a quote from Donald Trump that I actually love about yeah. this. He goes, Having more money doesn't make you happier, but it does make your life easier. It may get you better education, better health care, better quality of home, better quality of food, better quality of life. But it doesn't make you happier. No. And for Donald fucking Trump to say that... It's one of the greatest quotes yeah. from a money man you yeah. could possibly fucking hear and I think that's a great way to end the point where yeah. we basically talked that around the whole point of cult personality there yeah. uh, for, on both topics so yeah no yeah it's a good, it good chat last topic and then we're going to sort your cats out because they sound like they're about to explode As Marlene's on heat so she's been a massive whore oh okay. she can't have another litter she's already had okay. five the dirty bitch sponsored by Blue Chew now I'm only joking yeah. I've got enough fucking sponsors um, Pantera tribute show. So next year we've got Zach Wild and I think the drummer of Anthrax Charlie thinking about it. stepping in. Uh, oh no, it's confirmed. Yeah, yeah, with Rex Brown, uh, Zach Wild, and Phil Anselmo. A lot of people are saying um, Vinnie Paul didn't want this, who's the original drummer of Pantera, so you shouldn't do it. However, I'd quite like to see that. I would. A lot of comedy stuff going around saying how um, I saw a post go, oh, it's not Zach Wilde and uh, the drummer of Anthrax. It's going to be Phil Collins on the drummer, Tony Iommi. <laughs> um, <I'm gonna> <laughs> um, yeah. I've got two opinions on it. Okay. I want to see it because I know, no full too well, Zach will really work to do this justice. In the same way that every night he plays the Aussie, he really pays tribute to Randy Rhodes. I know he would pay tribute to Dimebag. Yes. The issue I take with this is a simple one. By the end, Vinny and Dime really didn't respect to want to be anywhere around, anywhere near Phil Anselmo because of his political beliefs. Which is still a problem to It's still day. a problem. Yeah. It's still an issue. And the fact that that's how Vinny felt. And they, you know, it's Vinny's band. He formed that. He, he formed Pantera. It's, Vinny, it's Vinny's band. <laughs> Ultimately, Marlene agrees. Ultimately, Preach. Is it, I suppose the question should really, is it a slap in the face to the memory of Vinnie Paul for doing this? Mm. Or is it a celebration of Vinnie and Dimebag for doing this? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's about the narrative and the intent behind the celebration or the memorial of that person, people. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Vinnie yeah. was a complete dickhead, you know, at a personal level necessarily. Mm. He's got some bad opinions, but he obviously loved Vinnie and, and um, Dime for the longest period of time. Yeah. But sometimes it's better to leave the mystique alone than let sleeping dogs lie. And I'll give you another example. Yeah, okay. Very strong yeah. and very, um, and yeah, a really um, commercially well known example Queen. Yeah. Queen should never have toured as Queen again after Freddie Mercury died. It was, it's been a mistake. Yeah. They have become a tribute band of their own band. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Now, I love Brian May, I love Roger Taylor. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, go away. And it's partly because I am a singer. I always take the opinion of the singer-songwriters, the songwriters who wrote, who writes the majority of the melodies and the hits. If you don't have them, you don't have the band anymore. Yeah. Mark Tremonti knew that. Yeah. Alton Bridge is Creed with a different singer, but it's not Creed mm. because Mark Tremonti fucking knew that. What about Audio, Audio Slave, Soundgarden? Um, 
uh, Audio Savers essentially Rage Against the Machine with Chris Cornell as the vocalist. Exactly. Rather than Zach De La Rocha. Same kind of, pro- same kind of process. Completely different band, though. But I think what, what people do sometimes forget is Audio Slave, Chris had a hell of a lot more control and power over than he ever had in Soundgarden. The common misconception that Soundgarden, yeah. he was in control of everything. He really fucking wasn't. He really wasn't in control of stuff that was going on in Soundgarden. They were very reactive in a lot of ways. So, so when, sorry to interrupt, when Chris Cornell died, there was no debate about there was going to be a memorial for him and it was going to be all of the bands he's ever been in. Temple of the Dog, Audio Slave, Soundgarden, even some of his solo stuff got covered. Same with Chester Bennington. There was no discussion that that was going to even enter a public debate. They were going to put a fucking show on because their friend had died and their band member had died. This isn't that. No. I don't think the gig's necessary, but I do think it would be fucking cool to watch. I think it would be cool, but I mean, I think the reason why I use Queen is, is exactly the reason why I use Queen as an example of this. I think Pantera could become a parody of themselves. Yeah. Inadvertently. I have no question that the musicians that come in for it yeah. will have nothing but good intentions. Yeah, they're very capable. They're very capable, yeah. very talented musicians, yeah. and will have nothing but good intentions and want to be authentic to the music involved. But what happens if it goes well? Mm. And this is the question you ask. I get that. Phil Anselmo being a singer as well, what happens if it goes well and is commercially viable? Directs and Phil, they go, oh, hang on. We haven't been able to do this for fucking ages properly. We can make some fucking money here off the Pantera brand. Because it's a brand. They're the only surviving members who own anything of the brand apart from the Vinnie Paul estate. We can make some money off this. Do they start then trying to release new albums, new materials with session players? Or reform the band and have it in their image? Because their image wasn't what the band was predicated on. Vinnie Paul drove that band. It would have been, it would have mm. been like, right? It would have been like when, I, when Eternal the Devil was still a thing. If Chris, hadn't been, if Chris had left the band, we got another drummer in. And me and Lloyd started driving it forward in the direction we wanted to go. Chris always drove the band. It was always yeah. Chris's. It was always Chris's direction. Ultimately, he had the final say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like that. It doesn't make any sense. And Queen is like Queen. Obviously, was a brain trust, a collective, but Freddie was the driving force. And you know, having Adam Lambert do it, perfectly get, capable singer, but he's not Freddie Mercury, mm. so it's not Queen. It's a parody of Queen. So having different musicians, it's not going to be Pantera. It'll be. It could be. It has. Well, it isn't going to be really Pan. It will be Pantera for the night. Mm. But if they do anything more than this gig, mm. it won't be Pantera, it'll be a parody of Pantera. So the two questions I've got out of this, because this is a good topic, because it hasn't happened yet, so it's not exactly a time-sensitive as right in the wave of Andrew Tate's popularity, mm. is will it be a one-off show, miss it, miss out, kind of like the Taylor Hawkins tribute show that's going to happen soon in the UK, that. and there's going to be some in the US, because obviously Foo Fighters declared both of these places as their homes um, I hope your brother enjoys that by the way oh he's, he's buzzing sick. for it he's absolutely buzzing for it the questions that I want are is this going to be a constant thing like a touring band like you say a cash cow and I also want to know what the catalyst for this discussion even birthing is because Vinnie Paul's been dead a long this time. This is what I'm about to say. has been dead for fucking ages. It screams of a cash grab, a desperation yeah. to me. If it was fresh where Vinnie went. But obviously, Dyer's been dead since 2004. He, he died at 27 years old, yeah, 2004, yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately, this screams of. Not even so much Phil Anselmo, this screams of Rex Brown's got no money. Mm. 
It's what it just absolutely sounds like to me. And if it had been two or three years ago, yeah. But you know what? I'll throw some in there. Yeah. If I'm any of the members of Hell Yeah right now, I'm angry as fuck. Because where do these guys get off doing Pantera and a tribute and saying it's all about Vinny and Dime? Mm. But Vinny, well, well, Dime's been dead for fucking 20 years. Mm. And Vinny fucking hates Phil Anselmo. And they had, had nothing to do with him for fucking years. Mm. So where do they get off? You know, who, who gets them? Who get, why did they get to do a tribute? Yeah. When the second band that Vinny drove and made had to grieve the loss of their brother and friend, who they'd been very tight with. They hadn't had any fallings out, mm. really. And then had to try to carry on regardless. Hmm. It's a, it's a, it's not like the audio slave um, sound guard because no, yeah. there's such a space of time. Yeah, yeah. But it's just it's it's a slap in the face. I think I I, th- I think what they're doing screams of commercial cash grab to me. Yeah, it seems random. And I think I don't think it'll be a one gig one off gig. No, I think they're going to try and milk it for all it's worth. Hmm. And I think part of the problem with that, and I think I can telegraph partly maybe why they're doing it. Look at the success of like Metallica having off the back of um, all of a sudden of Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know that there's a generation, our generation of kids, whether they like to heard the band or not, would walk around, walk around wearing cool looking band T-shirts. Some people in our generation would do that. The next generation don't even know the music. That's all they do. So it's not like a contingent. It's all of them. Yeah. I'd be very generous. They obviously are. Something. I know what you mean. But I think they can see the, op- the opportunity with Metallica t-shirts being back out of fashion and mm. thrash metal bands looking like they looking like boutique merch going everywhere whether people like the bands or not. Mm. Oh, well, we could put ourselves in that bracket. Yeah, it's that resurgence like um, Brendan from Wheatus mentioned in the episode previous like we got a resurgence of popularity because One Direction covered Teenage Dirtbag. Mm. Wheatus oh. didn't ask them to do that. They wanted to cover it and it then boosted Wheatus's numbers and made yeah. them relevant again. But it's about what you do with that space of relevancy, sudden relevancy, of waking up one morning and realising you're fucking trending on Twitter. It's what you do in that 48-hour window yeah. to capitalise on that. Like I've done some pretty successful videos on this and I've done some pretty successful episodes with some pretty big bands and artists. But if I'm then going to stop uploading... Or I talk about mushrooms for fucking four hours by myself, sat in my bedroom, and people are going to be like, oh, well, he's fallen off. And I think Pantera have fallen off, really. They've been quite dormant for quite a long period of time, other than a couple of covers, like people honouring Pantera. But I don't know. Weird. It's a tricky one. I had a point and it's completely gone from my brought mind. What do you mind. think out there in the world? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. There is a video, it's a video I shared a few days ago. I have to show you after we've done recording. Okay. And it's got real, uh, it, it correlates this nicely. It's probably a good way to sort of yeah, finish yeah. up this topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Vanilla Rice. Talk okay. about pop culture. Yeah, yeah. And he's saying pop culture doesn't exist anymore. Social media's killed it. Mm. There's been nothing new from the 90s, and that's why people keep rehashing things from the 90s and can't get over it. The 90s, the 90s is the best decade for music fashion and the combination of both in music and fashion because it doesn't exist anymore because social media has killed pop culture and I think it's absolutely fucking bang on the money there is no reason why Metallica in their fucking mid to late 50s cannot fucking sit down and be grand ass um, you know Rolling Stones are still fucking rolling rocking around doing their thing Paul McCartney hasn't been laid to rest what she fucking had um, all these bands these aged rock bands yeah Kiss forever saying goodbye apparently yeah, 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 yeah. 
You know, Motley Crue coming back. There's a reason why we keep bringing back these bands from the late 80s and the 90s. Because we've got nothing else. Because there's nothing new, there's nothing fresh. And the reason there's nothing new and there's nothing fresh, there can be no underground scene. There is no hidden music scene anymore where things bubble up from. Subculture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Things are driven by murmurings on the floor of the street. Yeah. And social media has eradicated that. Now, I would say I can't blame Mark Zuckerberg for this because MySpace and Bebo and things like that existed before. The difference thing is, no one was on MySpace 24 hours a day. You had to go on your PC for MySpace, even if Will was going to have an app. Mm. You wouldn't have been because it was just a page. You didn't IM people on MySpace. It's certainly could, but no one really did that. Mm. You did comments on people's page, listen to what track they changed the track to and look at the pictures. Well, MySpace had bulletins. Yeah. Which were like 24-hour sort of text stories saying, hey guys, I'm going to be at the No Fort tonight at 6pm, bring your own booze if you fancy it. Have you logged into your MySpace recently? No, I might have to. I had a look at mine last year because they completely revamped it. It's still a thing. And it's really music-driven now. Yeah, yeah. It almost feels like a secret community for musicians. Yeah. It's what it feels like. Well, that's initially what it was. Or towards the end of it, it was. Yeah, because all the fucking dickheads were yeah, on Bebo. Yeah. You know, all the, all the music kids, mm. like the scene kids, were all on MySpace. Mm. Yeah, I wish my... I think what would suck me back into MySpace is memories. And that's the reason I still use Facebook is I like looking at what I posted seven years ago, immediately hating myself to start the day, yeah. deleting the fucking app off my phone, driving to work, and then feeling like I'm missing out and then reinstalling the fucking thing. Well, that's that dopamine release. Yeah, it's it? like I mean, cringe I of like, why the fuck did I tell everyone on the internet that I've just found a pack of custard creams? <laughs> I literally <laughs> look at my fuck? memories and go back as the furthest one you they, they sell It's weird how they select the memories. I don't know what the algorithm is. Just because you put, everyone posts everything there. You know, you, I've been on Facebook fucking since 2008. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I posted at least one post, if not multiple posts, every every year on that day. And it selects a few odd ones. And I look back at it and I read something and I think, fucking hell, you're a weird kid, John. And that's what initially what I do. I look at it and I think, you were a weird kid. But. 18-year-old me would have looked at 8-year-old me and said the same thing. Do you know what I mean? But MySpace, yeah. I think some of the stuff you put out that you historically would have had like, communication-wise, it's still in there. And what's the weirdest thing about MySpace is, yeah. knowing that all of these people haven't logged into there so long, people your friends are on Facebook now who've got up-to-date profile pictures and you don't used to go back so far, you log into MySpace, you see people's profiles from 2003, 2004, when they're so much younger, right. I tell you what, it'll blow your fucking mind. Oh, it froze in time, aren't they? I've got this thing when, mm. when I think back to memories even when I think back to my Fraggle Fest and I think back to the ITV Fixers thing we did right that's my memory oh man that's weird that is fucking strange that's fucking crazy so 12 years ago today 16th of August 2010 John's just mentioned Fraggle Fest my status is Fraggle Fest was awesome couldn't have gone better seriously can't thank Sanctuary which is John's old band enough they did everything they pretty much bought the entire backline and did all of the sound for the entire day oh, i'm so now drunk. forever in your debt and now i'm staying at your fucking house what the fuck um now desert rose are on a bit of a break which we probably fucking needed um until outside band at ferry bridge which is now demolished yeah um on the 4th of september thank you so much to all the bands that played and all of the people that showed up Mate, people showed up for that fucking I fell game. in love with Guinness for that day. People showed up. If you build it, they will come. Don't, mate, they did. Me and Chris were smashed 
from lunchtime. How we've ran the sound that, that, that entire day, I don't know. I, I would put it on record as well. I'm not even afraid of this. Me and Hex are probably two of the most polarising people you'll ever meet in your life. And we pulled quite a big crowd to that. You did? Because did. it was when, free. When, when uh, Rumble Fish Twist were playing, the fucking, that, that place was fucking yeah, packed yeah. to the rafters. I mean, obviously, we went on last, which I was you know, buzzing for. And we still had loads of orders. I remember... I'm going to bring up again. I thought I was going to talk about that. You fucked, man. You are so oh, drunk. Steven. Chris couldn't play drums. You're fucking... What was I it? still managed was to get it done. Lloyd's dad or Lloyd's uncle was like, you fucking... No, it was Chris's dad. He <laughs> was our manager. It. He was raging. That was it. Me and Chris have been drinking all day. Yeah. I got the blame for it because Chris is We discussed this in episode two. We did. Yeah. And I was... We were fucked. But I had one less beer than Chris did. Yeah. Because I went for a cigarette. So I just about pulled a performance up my ass. He was mullered. It's the worst double pace panel I've ever heard anyone play, but it was fucking hilarious at the same time. Yeah. But my lasting memory of that gig will, is and will always be for the rest of my life. Sitting there during Rumble Fish Twist just before your set. Okay. And watching this blue haired fucking goddess just walk in the room. I'm like, what the fuck? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. And like, just blew my mind. Yeah. Love at first sight. And then when Hex introduced me to Sam, I was like, fuck, fuck. And do you know what? I've always had something for her for all the years since. For all the years since. I mean, I was fucking 18 then. Yeah. So that's first. Well, it's, it's, you're saying 12 years ago. It must be 13. I think that must be off. It must be 13 years ago because I was eight. No, I was 19. I tell you, what, it was 12 years ago. I was 19. Yeah. And fuck, man. Yeah. I've never ever met such a fucking creature in the flesh like that. Pay me attention. Man, you think me your remember? Yeah, yeah. She was eyes locked on me. She, she saw, saw me go up and forth. She was like, fuck, this guy's hot. Yeah, I am, baby. There we go. It was weird how it never really ever is... came to be anything more than it was. It's just a hell of a, thing. That's a hell of a coincidence. But yeah, if you've got Facebook, check out your memories because there used to be an app called Time Hop which basically outsourced your memories. It was so jank. Yeah, but now Facebook's built in. And um, there's some really cringy shit on there. And I think that's kind of what the internet is meant to be. The internet is, um, to quote um, Jason and Bob Schreiber, it's all about watching pornography or um, giving abuse to each other. Pretty much what the internet is, and that's what memories are for. It's like looking back at people who abuse We're all self-hating creatures, really. And cat pictures. Self-deprecating. Mm. Cat pictures, cat memes. So, that is pretty much the episode. Um, We've gone for an yeah. hour and 27 minutes. 15 minutes which oh, Andrew taped yeah yeah well that was the main, that was kind of the reason yeah, we like, got, to got, got to got station. together especially last week whilst I was getting a McDonald's um, and I said do you know what do you fancy it and I'll come around your house and you'll show me how to feed the pets yep whilst you're I'm going to show how to feed feed the horse feed the horse yeah. no, I haven't got a horse I'm going to show how to feed the dog later that is not an innuendo, although I wouldn't put it past it. Mm. But we said, I mean, we said in messages that we would call this, maybe call this episode just off the loose topics, the cult of personality. And you're weirdly, I actually think through the last ninety minutes, we've really, really covered the full spectrum of the cult of personality in the modern age. Mm. We've got every angle, from you know polarizing uh, figures with controversy equals cash, you know, affected people, mm. political spins of propaganda. Mm. You know, social media deteriorating people's brains, the mm. separation in generations. I think we've covered everything, everything yeah. possible about modern Western society. It's been really good. Basically, you're all cunts. There we go. What a way to end. Yeah. Feel free to subscribe. Feel free to rate this five stars on Spotify if you feel it necessary. Um, personally, I wouldn't be surprised if you gave it two. Feel free to send news. You know, yeah. Go on John's Fiverr. He's an awesome editor, and if you give him a bit of money, 
he might actually produce some fucking results. You don't give me enough money for that. No, I don't give you any fucking exactly, money. Exactly, that's why you don't get any fucking results. What, you fucking beer and pizza, you little shit. I'd give you somewhere to live, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, check out John's uh, Isolation Booth podcast. And um, thanks for listening, watching, viewing and subscribing. And I've got someone on next week. And I cannot remember who they are. And it will be the end of season nine. So what else you can do is you can go on John Belfield Music and listen to all my lovely covers. Nice. I'm a man who loves a piano cover. If you love a bit of a power ballad, right, you want to have a little cry in the bath, right? Think about how he how he wronged you. John yeah. Belfield Music's for you. There we go. Who have I got on next week? That's going to bug the fuck out of me. I want to say Smiley Dave, who's on Twitch. He'd be a good person to speak to. Mm. Smiley Dave UK, world's happiest person, Twitch streamer, podcaster, just an all-round good time. He does a podcast with the singer of Presto Mecco. Oh, interesting. So yeah, shout out. But yeah, that's your mission for the next few weeks is to come up with a um, a um, wide group who could be panelists on on on, on social um, question time. Yeah, I'll do that. And uh, we'll whittle it down to our favourites and see if we just go out and target aggressively. I reckon if we can get someone like Dave on a few other people like that, we might even be able to reach out to a Russell Brown and get them involved. I think it's somebody would be like you'd be interested in. Yeah. You don't ask, you don't get people. Exactly. That's how this has survived 120 fucking episodes. So yeah. That's how Ben survived 130 minutes. 130 minutes? Well, 90 minutes. Yeah. There's 130. I read it wrong. Feels like 130 minutes. Maybe it's a base 10, Ben, Maybe. or base 12. Like all these fucking bullshit. Nine plus ten is nineteen, you bastards. Not 21. Fuck off. That's an absolute I can get behind. Fuck you and your 21. Cheers, everyone. Take care. Keep it real. But most importantly, keep it bedlam. Indeed. Bye-bye. Absolute bedlam. Archie Soul, as always, hooking me up with the beard. Beard wash from Duke Cannon. It's got a hint of oak barrel and... Buffalo Trace Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. I know that that's backwards. I'm sorry. Um, got some more Duke Cannon here. Same again. Buffalo Trace. This is a bar of soap, as I've mentioned numerous times now in uh, guest episodes. That's a big boy. Bedlam 2022, once again, <clears throat> will get you 20% off everything on ArchieSoul.com. Um, and for Christmas, I was very kindly given a £25 bottle of Anthony Sea Kelp Scrub, which is absolutely awesome, and I love it. So that's Archie Soul, uh, www.archiesoul.com. And finally, we have made sure, as always, I love fragrances. If anyone knows me in real life, I love candles, I love scents, I love walking into a house and smelling like gingerbread or lemon and lime or strawberries. And I don't think that that's necessarily something that's appreciated by men. And I think it should be because there's nothing wrong with it. It's always seen as very girly. However, I think that we should normalize it for men. So madesure, madesure.pigcartel.com. Bedlam 20, not Bedlam 2022, for 20% off your order. We've got Wax Melts, 
to suit every emotion, every feeling. We've got Jamaican Me Crazy. This one, you can smell it through the wrapper. It is amazing. It's a really left field scent. It's quite a tropical fruity smell. We've got lemon and lime. If the uh, camera wants to focus, that would be fantastic. Lemon and lime. There we go. Smell that one as well. They're really powerful, but they're really like sort of punchy and um, they are meant to be sort of chunked and sort of um, separated. You're not meant to put the whole thing <clears throat> in your burner. Um, so yeah, there we go. Pink Flamingo as well is the last one I've got to hand. And we've got Averbath here. Averbath. So yeah, just mind-blowing. Everyone that I've ever sent any Made Sure stuff to has absolutely loved it. And I think that 2022 could be their year. Hopefully going to look at doing some events and some fairs when COVID finally jogs on. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really proud of Hannah for making just these amazing snap bars, wax melts. Um, we're looking potentially at getting burner kits, but that's a little bit way down the road. A lot of people say, you know, how do you use them? And it would be good to do like an all assembled thing. Um, I think Hannah's looking at doing some spring scents um, soon and then we'll look into doing it as a seasonal thing, you know, spring, summer, autumn, winter, Halloween, Christmas, that sort of stuff in the middle. But yeah, I absolutely love all my sponsors. I use all of the stuff myself and I just, I, I just try and be as genuine as possible with it really. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you are watching this on YouTube please like and subscribe. I'm nearly at 30 subscribers, I think, and I'd like to get to 50 by the end of February if possible. I don't think that's an unachievable task. Um, but yeah, thanks as always for listening, watching, and I hope that the guests that I've just had on has been interesting. So I will speak to you all very, very soon. Keep it bedlam, and please support the show by supporting my sponsors. Cheers, guys. Absolute Medlam Podcast. Who? What? Where? Why? Optimus U Sportswear Clothing, Sportswear and Fitness for the healthy person and also the everyday person that's looking in to get into fitness. All inclusive, now doing a summer discount, summer sale. Goes until the end of September check out their instagram page check out their website www.optimusu.co.uk discount codes all over those things all over the socials so type that in just on this occasion guys don't use my code don't use bedlam 10 at checkout use the summer code to get half price off selected lines cheers haircuts we all need them sometimes they can be a bit of a chore Sometimes it feels like you're on a bit of a conveyor belt and the person at the end of the haircut puts that mirror up and you kind of look at them like, oh God. But we go along with it because we're British, right? We all know what that's like. So, Dom, at Babylon Barbers, you'll feel right at home with a relaxed vibe and a professional experience all round. 
with both veteran and sends discount dom has time for absolutely everyone as everyone deserves that fresh haircut feeling supporting the local community is a huge part of the job so go see dom and get more than just a haircut i use dom myself i couldn't be happy with the results he'll trim your beard he'll trim your eyebrows all that stuff right back to the show wild hair wild hair beard oil and grooming products so i've recently had a change in a sponsor and i am very very proud to announce that this podcast is now sponsored by wild hair so chef from 11 years ago called ollie has decided to go all in on this grooming product got some information here tame that hair with wild hair uk this hampshire based male grooming business is the brainchild of ex michelin star chef ollie moore whether it's a minty fresh beard oil you're after or some citrus and spice nourishing balm wild hair has pretty much all of the profiles covered ollie has put together his love for the kitchen and beard care in a bottle with an added twist of some heavy metal retro comic book vibes so if that doesn't grab your attention then you're clearly looking in the wrong place we've also got a bit of information about what it actually does for you we'll make sure that it doesn't burn your face off it's all cpsr certified and it's just fantastic um, I'm offering a 15% discount when using the code Bedlam UK. So that's B E D L A M U K. So shout out to Ollie and tame that hair. Cheers. www.wildhair.co.uk. That's W I L D H A R E. 